This episode is sponsored by Notable, the premier cross-industry network designed to support advanced leaders not yet in the C-suite. If you desire a confidential space to tackle the unique challenges of further sharpening your leadership acumen, increasing your network of strategic supporters, building a high-performing team culture, or expanding your capability for roles of broader scope and responsibility, then membership in Notable is just for you. Learn more and apply at joinnotable.net. What wasn't considered for many leaders was their own piece to the ingredient. So they were seeing the work being done outside of them, not necessarily the work that was going to be done inside of them. Welcome to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we equipped you to more effectively lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. Each week, we help you sharpen your leadership acumen by cracking open the playbooks of dynamic leaders who are doing big things in their professional endeavors. And now your host, leadership tactics and organizational development expert, Karen Farrell-Rhodes. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and welcome to today's episode. You know, as quiet as it's kept, being an effective leader is really, really hard. You know, my coaching clients are always sharing with me that most of their time is spent feeling confused and uncertain about whatever their next step should be. And their dream wish was to be basking in clarity and knowing that what they were doing were the right things and that they would be um, done in the right way. So as a special treat, my guest today is an expert in helping individuals navigate the jungle of uncertainty that naturally exists in the workplace. Dr. Dina Brown is the Director of Global Inclusion, Diversity and Equity for Medtronic, which is a healthcare technology corporation. And she's also the founder of the Lead Her Shift movement, a nonprofit that helps women shift how they think to elevate how they learn experience, apply, and develop. You know, in our chat today, Dean and I start out by dissecting the reasons why the focus on diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging is currently waning a bit at some companies. And we close out our conversation by discussing practical tools that leaders can use to gain clarity in today's world. Be sure to listen to my closing segment called Karen's Take, where I share a tip on how to use insights from today's episode to further sharpen your leadership acumen. And now, enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. How are my superstars doing today? We are so thrilled to have you to this episode of the uh, Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. I am super honored and pleased to share with you all a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Dina Brown. And when I tell you she is unbelievable, you're going to definitely leave me comments and send me notes to confirm because she is absolutely fantastic. Dina is actually the Director of Global Inclusion, Diversity and um, Equity for Medtronic. And she's also the founder of a company called The Leadership Movement. And I'm going to let her share a little bit about those two entities in just a second. But welcome to the podcast, Dina. I'm so honored to be here. 
We are so happy to have you. I always ask the guests, are you ready to crack open that leadership playbook of yours? And you have a leadership encyclopedia. So that's what I'm going to ask you for. <laughs> I've been working on this for over about 50 years now. Oh, wonderful. Well, we let, we were joking right before the episode um, that we literally could fill up probably 50 episodes just between the two of us. But we'll get started. And I'll definitely want to invite you back at some point to you know, share some of the new and great things that I know is on uh, the agenda for you in the upcoming months and years ahead. But um, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, for as much as you feel comfortable, would you share with the audience a little bit about your personal background, um, like where you grew up and uh, maybe a school that you attended? And how did you start out your career? Absolutely. Well, I am a native Southern Californian, born right at USC Medical Center, had the distinctive pleasure of going to undergrad at San Diego State, where my bachelor's degree is in economics, then floated all the way over to Virginia and got my master's in education at Old Dominion. But there was really like a switch there because in my life, I literally wanted to be Richard Gere from Pretty Woman. I wanted to do mergers and acquisitions. I wanted to go into companies. And I was initially a finance international business major. I was going to go to law school, be a corporate attorney, focus in mergers and acquisitions, and then fell in love with the ideology of truly creating impact through learning and switched my major at grad school at Old Dominion and went into education. And my doctorate is from the University of Southern Mississippi in educational leadership and research. And so that's a little bit about the educational journey. And so from Southern California <laughs> to the South and then spending over 16 years with the Department of Defense Station overseas, I literally am a global citizen. Yes, you are. I think you and I both share that love of uh traveling the world in common. I think we both have that definitely. And I consider myself too a citizen of the world, as you know. <laughs> so I know you've had a long journey through, um, I'd say the corporate ranks, um, but would you mind giving our listeners a little bit of information about what you're doing right now? Absolutely. My current role as um, Director for Global Inclusion, Diversi Diversity and Equity for the car um, Cardiovascular Portfolio at Medtronic is really a new role. It's, it's really revolutionary um, as an organization. And what I do is really more of an internal consultant to the cardiovascular portfolio to help embed and integrate inclusion and diversity at really at, um, at a core level. So to stand up, implement, strategize, advise, and to implement really the systems that it takes to really create cultures and communities of belonging across the enterprise as well. Wow, that is amazing. What fantastic work you all are doing there. And I'm, you know, curious a little bit, of, you know, the last few years, there was a big, um, I would say, social awakening or reawakening, if you will. And uh, with like the clients that I've been serving, they're they did. They felt they did a good job in laying the foundation for at least the understanding uh, that there are a lot of inequities in the world, but they're really struggling with that next step, like how to make it real for their teams and people and even their clients. Um, just 
curious if you've seen this something similar and or, you know, how are you all at Medtronic dealing with taking um, inclusion to the next level? Well, one of the things in the ways that we take it to the next level is that we really make it part of the core mission um, that we have. And now, no way, shape, or form do I speak for Medtronic. Sally Sabar, CIDO, does a great job of doing that. But I can speak to the work that I get a chance to do is that the role that, which is a new role, I've been one year in this role, is that we have business partners to the portfolios and the functions that actually help mitigate and transform that. And one thing that was done um, right prior, um, which is actually make the space for me to be in that particular role, is that compensation for our our executives is tied to <laughs> the is it's tied. So they said make the money put the money where your mouth is. So that's that right. <laughs> the mouth is in order to truly be at that point to effect, you know, change and create impact. And that again, our leaders know that it's critical, know it's important to the business, um, tied to innovation. But then as an organization, as an enterprise to say, again, we also see that and we want to make sure that there's alignment and that it doesn't get lost when we're tied to I'm looking at all the changes, all the opportunities that actually exist is that we don't lose focus. So one phrase that I share and I have been socializing it at every meeting and I shall do it here is that (laughs) I is the egg in your batter, not the icing or the sprinkles on your cake. So when you're talking about an organization, I'm sorry, say that one more again, one more time. Peony is the egg in the batter, not the icing or the sprinkles that you put on the cake. And what egg is in recipes that you use is a binder. And so it's the binding part. It's not something that's extra. And so where you spoke earlier that some foundations were laid out there, yes, but I don't think that they were made with cinder blocks. I think that they were made with straw. And so the wind and the wolf is blowing it all down. One thing that I speak to whether I'm speaking on global platforms or speaking with the team or the organization um, that I work with, is that we didn't look at the psychology of id What is happening at the subconscious level? What is happening from the neural level? And what, how, what neural leadership practices do we have to understand when we're talking about, see, people are talking about initiatives and activities, we're talking about change management. We're talking about behavioral change, organizational change. We're talking about disrupting neural pathways and creating new understandings. And that's often what What did it create? Created people that they started with that excited emotion. And now that we're in the marathon of the work, they didn't condition and train properly. Right. That's right. That's they're, right. they're stressed. They're, they're winded. They've got blisters. <laughs> and... <laughs> And, and they're tired. They're really they tired. And so now it's time to take a, a, we need to have a different type of an infusion and we need to train better. And, and what I call like a cinder block foundation. And sometimes we got to go slow in order to move faster. That's absolutely tr- correct. Um, there, there are trends. I mean, there's a ton of reports and research um, out there, but some of the trends now are that, you know, the leaders are, just mentally drained and tired and because it's a struggle, especially when you um, really don't know or unsure of yourself of what to do next or how to act. And you, you still have your, your team's um, best wishes. Um, 
in the intent and heart. I mean, you want to support them to the best way you can, but um, just the, I guess the brain power it takes and the emotional power it takes uh, for leaders to stay what I'll say on top of their uh, inclusion game, uh, they're struggling with right now. And right, to, right, yeah. Right. One of the things that, as you as you said that and just sparked for me is that what wasn't considered for many leaders was their own piece to the ingredient. So they were seeing the work being done outside of them, not necessarily the work that was going to be done inside of them. Yes, yes. Lead and fuel the work outside of them. And so when you leave yourself out, you're now pouring right from a teacup, right? Instead of brewing a teapot and serving from the pot, you've been serving from the cup. That's right. And and that in itself um, leaves leaders a little bit more drained. And one one piece of um, insight that I was given during one of my um, conversations and one of my talks was that. I need you to understand it is not your job to save the world. And if you can own that part of your shift, then you're not as burned out because you know that you led with integrity in that particular space instead of taking on the burdens of every single person around you. And that's really been what I have seen in the space where people are navigating the space and they're trying to take on doing and moving the entire needle at once, like they were Atlas holding up the whole IDE world, you know, on their shoulders. That's right. And what a great lead into um, your particular, one of your many particular areas of specialty, but one we want to go a little bit deeper on this episode about, which is all about the mind shift that leaders need to take in order to really perform um, at their best in a way that aligns with their values and passions. And um, I know you're also an expert on the imposter syndrome, which we all suffer from every now and then. But I'd love for you to share with our listeners um, a little bit about your research and thinking and maybe a tool to help with um, elevating, um, you know, their shifting their minds to where they need to be at the time they need to be there, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, absolutely. And so I want to start by giving you three numbers. Okay. And when you hold on with these three numbers, it really lays the first number. It takes 21 consecutive days to break or to start a new habit, really to break the habit is usually where we use that, that 21 days, which is why you see 21 days, smoke cessation classes, 21 day fast, or 21 day, this is the neuroscience of it all, right? Right. So 21 mm-hmm. days, but it has to be consecutive. The next is 42. 42 consecutive days in order to begin to change the behavior. So 21 to break the habit, 42 so that this new, this behavior that you truly desire begins to take root. And 63 to shift the mindset. I'm writing this down for myself. This is great. <laughs> so that being said, when you understand the 21, 42, 63 rule, you realize that, take a look at your calendar. So here's the action item. What in your calendar 
are you doing consecutively, consistently, with clarity and with confidence to shift you from where you are to where you desire to be? And if it's not written down, I'll say it again. If it's not written down, then it's not embedding it into your neuroconsciousness. You must write it down. Write it down. And so when you begin to do that, is that you now begin to create the systems for yourself and for yourself as a leader to be able to move in the space with clarity, confidence, and consistency. Because if any one of those three are missing, something's not going to be right. More from our guests in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is powered by the Leading at the Top of Your Game Development Experience. If you would like to work with Karen and the shockingly different leadership team to up-level the leadership execution acumen within your organization, visit developingyourgame.com to find out more. And we're back. And when all three of those things are present, life is really good. And you'll see that your flywheel continues to turn. And so one of the things that you can begin to do when you're taking a look is to take inventory. So I have a four-part process, right? The very first thing that you do, number one, identify what is the one thing, not a thousand things. What is the one thing that you really, truly want to shift right now in your life? What do you want more of? I say more of, not what you don't want, because if you focus on what you don't want, that's what you're going to get. Only what you desire. Identify what is that one thing that you truly want to desire as a team leader, as a leader, as a parent. But the first person you're charged to lead is yourself. What do you want? You identify that. And then the second thing that you actually begin to do is you take inventory. What do you have right now at your disposal? What are the already in your toolkit? Too often we start looking for new things, but whatever we have was we already own it. We have it. What's in your toolkit right now that you actually can use? And so once you've identified what that one thing is and you've taken that inventory, what's in your toolkit, then you actually can begin to say, let me investigate. Did it work? Is it going to work? Did it work the last time? Did I, did I deal with fidelity? Did I implement? So you kind of go through that particular process. You identify, you take inventory, you investigate. If it didn't work, what do you want to stop, start, or continue? And then the fourth thing you want to implement, take action, do something. And then once you do that, do something, you go back to the cycle again. So what we're talking about is a continuous improvement process flywheel. I love that. Even if it's baby steps, do something because um, this will that will generate additional momentum for you to take the next baby step. I'm not pulling it out of the stars in the sky. This is your brain releases the dopamine effect and the 214263 is really you creating new neural pathways. You're literally rewriting your brain. That's why you got to do it consecutively over and over again. Yeah. The brain is a wonderful muscle that can be rewired, uh, but it takes, like you said, consistent practice to do yes. so. You've got to do that. So absolutely. And the very first thing that you do, and I'm sorry, I forgot to admit this. The first yeah. thing that you need to do is commit. Oh, yes, absolutely. Make a commitment. And I don't use the word sacrifice because sacrifice is painful. And it says something to your brain like, I don't want to do that. But when you say commitment, <laughs> you kind of stand bolder. And when you say I commit... Inside of the word commit is the word omit. 
You omit behaviors, actions, people, situations, and places that are going to get in the way of what you committed to. That's right. That is so true. I have a question for you. Um, When you and your coaching advise individuals to choose one thing to focus on, does it need to be one thing that can be that one thing can be done consecutively for those 21, 42 or 63 days? Or can they select each day? What is the biggest priority that they need to work on to? um, It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Now, here's what it could look like, though. So you select that one thing. But the one thing could be set aside five minutes to review my priorities. Do you see that? Still the one thing. So not different priorities every day. I'm setting the time. I'm being intentional about the time. And so I'm going to, for 10 minutes, every morning, I'm going to review my priorities and identify them, rank order them and execute. That's how it would be opposed to today I'm prioritizing. I'm going to do this. So it's this one thing that you begin because you're creating a new pattern. You're creating that new pathway you to follow and and that's tied to if i can get just nerdy for seconds i'm um, gonna tie it all and i've got to mention what i call your basal what i call it but it's right? called a basal ganglia and this is what's going to make it really make sense have you ever when we used to kind of drive in to work or to the office right you notice that monday through friday you drive the same route you could just go you're almost like on autopilot you just go right. and then on Saturday, you get in the car, you're taking the kids to soccer practice and you wind up at the office and you go, how did I get here? Oh, you don't need to think about it. I got you. We're going to do what we do every day. So the only way that you can break that cycle is consciously. So that's how it works. So the same way that you can literally, and you go, I don't even remember how I drove here. I just (laughs) think, how did I get here? Right? Yes. Basil Ganglia saying, you taught me how to make decisions. You don't need to make a decision. I'm going to use the pattern that you already set for me. And I'm going to do that. So the only way that you can do something different is to consciously disrupt that pattern, which is why 21, 42, 63 works. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. In your um, observation, where do people get tripped up? Is it they they make is it they lose um, the energy to stay committed or is it something else? Clarity. It starts with clarity, being clear about what they want right now in this season. Oftentimes we're living a bastardized version of ourselves and we're leaving a bastardized version of ourselves. And so what are we actually creating? We're creating orphans on the side of the road as leaders who don't have that person that's there. Um, to lead. And so we don't really have clarity about who we are and how we, and how we lead. We're taking what other people said about us. We're taking other people's narratives about who we are and it's not working. And so we kind of start and it doesn't, we can't be consistent about it because it's not the truth of who we are. And so the clarity part, because once you're clear, you now can own that part. And then you can be confident that, yeah, this is it. So I can come and say, well, Karen, you don't want to just, no, I want this. I'm good. But when you're not clear, you notice when people start talking to you, like, well, do I really? Wait, wait a minute. Should I change? And then you start getting chaotic. 
And then you're consistently chaotic as opposed to standing in that knowing of who you really are and what's critical, important to you right now. And I say in this season, because it changes over the seasons of your life, the roles that you hold. And even when you talk from an organizational perspective, what quarter you could be in based on what the numbers are actually saying. That's right. That's right. Uh, one of the things that we, you and I both have in common is that we're really focused on helping um who we're serving to, you know, move forward or take that next step. Um, for me, I focus on strategy and leadership execution. Um, you also do a bit of that, including mindset. I'm not as deep in mindset as you are because um, we work with, you know, helping them overcome any obstacles that go their way. Um, and so what I've done, as you know, I've written a book about um, some of the more common ways or leadership tactics or behaviors that um, more successful leaders do use. And I was wondering, were there any of the seven that kind of resonated for you in some way, shape or form? Absolutely. The two that resonate the most with me was one, the intellectual horsepower. And for that, I feel like we don't often give ourselves credits for our genius that we bring from our journey. And I say that because even in a recent project that I was working on, where the very first thing they said, okay, Dina, what are we supposed to do? I said, wait a minute, I need to go be on the fly. Well, I need to do a diagnostic. I need, I need to go see what's happening. I need to just kind of sit back and take a look. And knowing for all the different areas that I've had an opportunity to serve as a school principal, as a you know, corporate C-suite advisor, as a fractional COO, I was able to bring in all of those elements and say, ah, here is the break in your flywheel. And so bringing in what my own knowing, my own genius, my own skill sets, and some of it is on the job and some of it does come from some of the, the book learning and the practices when we talk about systems thinking um, per se, to be able to bring that, to do that. And then the second one is executive presence is how you communicate is critical and knowing what I call how to read the room. But in order to read the room and to speak into those that you're charged to lead, you first have to have clarity about who you are so that you can own that particular own that particular space. And so what I'm communicating and how I'm communicating it to you is really important um, based upon the room that I'm in. But believe me, when I walk in the room and I used to actually kind of take a step back and I didn't know how to respond when people say you 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 act like you own the room. And when you walk in, you could just feel your presence. And in the beginning, being a black woman in leadership, I didn't know if it was a stereotypical aspect of what they were saying or what. And then here's what I decided. I didn't care. I know who I am. <laughs> I do own right. the room. I literally do own the room. You know why? Because I own myself. I'm very clear about who I am. I'm very clear about the impact of my voice. I'm very clear about really what my moral compass looks like and how I'm called to lead. And that shows up every time I walk in the room. It's the energy of me, of what they were speaking about. And to me, I think that that's that elusive element of executive presence that people have a hard time pinpointing it. It's not just my power pose. It's <laughs> actually being able to have clarity and a knowing about who I am. Because when I know K-N-O-W, I can now N-O-W stand in my truth because what's known to me, K-N-O-W-N, I can own my shift 
and own my space. That is so powerful, Dina. And um, is this the type of coaching and curriculum that is part of um, the leadership, your your personal coaching company? Absolutely. The leadership movement and the, the actual um, it's called paradigm. And it's really about making the shift from confusion to clarity, from chaos to consistency, from that cowardice and that comfort to really being confident and being able to help you get to the why of your why. Oh, the why of your why. Love that. So people go, here's my big why. Great. But why is that your why? What are the rest of the ingredients that bring you to the point of your now? Including your triggers, including your traumas, your triumphs, and your testimony. And for you, um, I know we're always in a mode of uh, continuous learning. Um, what are you focused on right now to be, I mean, you're a great leader as it is, but to be an even stronger leader? What, what is an area of focus that you're personally working on? The area of focus for me is all about intentionality and really um, recouping my regrets. Daniel Pink's The Power of Regrets is one of my favorite um, books that, you know, I'm reading multiple books right now, right now. Um, but they all have a common theme. And so whether I'm listening to the Celestine Prophecy or Daniel Pink's the, the Power of Your Regrets, it's really tapping into the journey and alchemizing my experiences to make sure that it's compost for my growth. I love the alchemizing your experiences to what was the last for you to compost for our growth, compost for our growth. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. (laughs) That's wonderful. And um, also I'm just curious um, if there are uh, things that you have seen and I know it differs based on individuals, but if there are one or two things that you have seen or behaviors you have seen that um, help people be even stronger leaders, whether they're individual contributor or people leaders. Mm-hmm. Reflection. Reflection. Okay. I will tell you that don't sleep on reflection and, and really taking a moment And that could be part of your practice, five minutes to sit and reflect. And you're going to ask your question. You know, I said a question is, how did I serve today? And being quiet, how did I serve? If I had to read, based on my own measurement, I didn't ask for Karen's measurement. Because the power of intention is important. In the morning, I set my intentional goal. And so at the end of the day, I ask again, how did I serve? And I don't beat myself up. And so I will say one to 10, how did I serve today based on the intention I set at the top of the morning? It could be a six. It could be a seven. I do a quick reflection. Okay, where's my opportunity? I don't sit there and beat myself. Oh, my God, I'm horrible. No, where's my opportunity? That's the alchemy I'm talking about. And saying, okay, so now my intention for the next morning 
is to increase the score from the night before. 1% better than yesterday. That's what I say. Be 1% better than yesterday. And there's so many of us that don't take that time and me included. I mean, I try to do that, but I will, you know, be, you know, fully transparent. I maybe do it 60% of the time, but there's a 40% of the time that I miss out on being intentional. I just get into the weeds without really, like you said, taking a moment, reflect and think through what the appropriate next step should be versus just diving in. See, what gets scheduled gets done. We know that. It does. Schedule it. So if you look on my planner, on my phone, and my alarm, you'll see. It'll say, beep, this is your time. So schedule it. Quit thinking that it's going to fall out the ethers. Well, I do schedule it. But you know what my problem is? Is that I am so want to help and serve others. If I get a client call or someone asks if they can talk to me real quick, I don't protect the time. And I've got to do better about ring fencing the time. So <laughs> we work through that in the yes. boundaries, having clear on the boundaries. And this is what was given to me. And this was a conversation at a woman's retreat that I recently attended. We talked about the savior complex and the server. Savior saying that I have to be the one to save that person from that particular space. And then we compromise our own boundaries because we feel we, we have to save them as opposed to the server who says I'm serving and I'm modeling for you what boundaries look like. I'm modeling with you what this looks like by also holding space for myself at that. And so we put ourselves in there. We don't serve ourselves at the capacity to give us the greater capacity to serve others because often we get caught up in being a savior. Like I've got to, I've got to do this for them. That's well, right. really? Do Look, do you, oh, trust me. You don't understand. I had my own, I had my own session with myself and I was like, eh, that was me. If I don't do it, it's not gonna. Yeah. So we have to shift from the savior complex sometimes to the server. And when we're serving at the at our full capacity, we truly are saving. Yeah. Saving time, saving energy, and saving the attention for where it needs to go. I needed to hear that today, Dr. Dina. Thank you. <laughs> I'm gonna get back on track and be one percent better than I was today. <laughs> because if you say one percent better than yesterday, it's yeah. seven you're 7% better. You didn't start at zero, did you? No. So, you know what I mean? So know where you were starting from. Know you're starting from, kind of like what I mentioned to you earlier before we kind of got on. And I think it's an appropriate place to talk now. We're talking about change, right? Organizational change, individual change adjustments. Is that we keep saying, oh my gosh, change is so hard. Change is not hard. You've been changing since conception. Okay? Change is not hard. It is the shift that sits underneath the change that you're struggling to navigate because you don't know what your position actually is, which is why you need to get clear about where you are. So know your position. And once you can get clear about that, then you know where to step. You know what step to actually take. And that's where that clarity, confidence, consistency falls right into line. So it's not the change. It's the shift. And by the time you notice the change, the shift already occurred. 
You're, you're so right. But it'll put you on a greater, more solid foundation. So you, like you said, get back into the cycle and get ready for the next shift. Mm-hmm. Understand now where you are right. and then where you want to go, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Gosh, time has really passed so quickly, but I'm not going to let you get out of here without a couple of things. Okay. Um, first, we have a, a segment called Full Disclosure. I promise you there are no gotcha questions, but uh, just a few uh, questions that might be fun for the audience to hear. And my first one for you is what would be a perfect birthday gift for you? A year long cruise. Taking note, year long cruise. I love that. I would be there with you. <laughs> first class around the world. First class. Nice, nice. This is wonderful. <laughs> uh, what was the last um, movie you saw, book you read, or article you read, or podcast you listened to? Well, lead at the top of your game. I was listening to that this morning, so I guess that's the one. <laughs> I was okay, the one before that. <laughs> the one before that, um, I actually was listening to the Celestine Prophecy, and so re-listening and rereading that um, as well. Nice. And then, lastly, what is one thing that people don't know about you, but you feel comfortable in sharing? I'm an ambivert is that I am out, I'm a speaker, and I'm out, I'm on, but I'm heavily introverted. And so once I'm in, I'm in, it's getting me out is like the challenge. So once people are out, I have big energy. And so when I go out, people are drawn to that energy. And if I'm not receiving any energy, it can be very tiring and draining. So I will go back in and stay in. I'm heavily introverted. I spend a lot of time alone by myself um, and in my head. But when I'm out, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> you're clicking. <laughs> and I think I've seen both. Uh, yeah. So witness both. But you operate very effectively yeah. um, in both arenas. So uh, that's what's so impressive. <laughs> All right. And can you please share? Um, we'll have a lot of links in the show notes um, where people can find you. But um there are a few exciting things that you're about to do. Um, I believe you're working on a book and a few other things. So anything that you'd like to share with our audience, I'd love to be able to highlight it at this time. Absolutely. So very first thing, you can go to www.shiftfactory.com. That's where you can get your shift gear. I'm all about making shift happen. And so if you want to have your very own shiftgasm, you can go ahead and get your shift gear. There's journals, there's apparel that's actually there. And I'm super excited about the upcoming release of my book, Walking Through Glass. It is a playbook. It is a roadmap about navigating the key shifts in your life. So I am excited about that um, as well. And more importantly, I'm, I'm really, really super excited about Melanin Talks, which is scheduled for March 25th. And that's about us sharing our stories, um, particularly about our stories, our truth. It's the first of its kind platform, 100% dedicated to women of color, sharing their stories uncensored um, in a very intimate space. So those are the three things that I'm currently working on. I'm super excited about. 
amazing. Well, I would definitely want to um, include as much as possible in the show notes, especially where our audience can find you um, and can stay on top of when your uh, book comes out um, and all of the wonderful offerings that you uh, provide to individuals to help them navigate both now and in the future. Uh, so thank you so much, Dr. Dina, for being a fantastic uh, guest here on the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been such an honor and a pleasure. Oh, awesome. Well, listeners, thank you again for tuning into another episode at the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. Um, as I've mentioned, all information about Dr. Dina and additional resources will be in the show notes. Um, so please make sure to check them out. Please also subscribe and rate and invite a friend. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. See you next episode. Bye. I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Dr. Dina Brown, the Director of Global Inclusion, Diversity and Equity for Medtronic, and also the founder of the Lead Her Shift movement. Links to her bio, her entry into our leadership playbook, and additional resources can be found in the show notes, both on your favorite podcast platform of choice and on the web at leadyourgamepodcast.com. And now for Karen's take on today's topic of leading with clarity. Today, I just wanted to take a moment to emphasize why clarity in leadership matters. Clarity and decisiveness are inseparable from leadership execution effectiveness and are key to both your personal career success as well as your organization's longevity. Without possessing clarity, there is no roadmap to the future. While Dr. Dina gave us some great tips during the podcast, here are a couple more for you to think about. First, before any leadership effort, take the time to conduct a current versus future state assessment. Ask yourself, where are you now? And what can you realistically achieve in your chosen time frame? And as hard as it may be, know that if you put your head in the sand, it may come back to haunt you. And you never know, your current state may not have a worthy future state to pursue. So be ruthless in your assessment so that you don't waste your time. The next tip I wanted to uh, reinforce is to remember that the truth will set you free. Don't hide behind excuses. Reject the urge to fake it until you make it. Be open with your planning, including the mix of data and hurdles and mistakes and changes that need to be tackled. Involve others who are also passionate to help you to mitigate any of their fears and to surface diverse ways to accomplish your goals. The clearer you are with the strategy and the more authentic you are with yourself and others, the smoother the execution will be that lies ahead. Now, if sharpening your leadership acumen is a priority for you or your team, head on over to shockinglydifferent.com and submit a request for more information on how uh, we and the team at SDL can help. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. And that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we help you lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. 
You can check out the show notes, additional episodes, bonus resources, and also submit guest recommendations on our website at leadyourgamepodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for the name Karen Rhodes with Karen being spelled K-A-R-A-N. And if you like the show, the greatest gift you can give would be to subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast has been a production of Shockingly Different Leadership, a global consultancy which helps organizations execute their people, talent development, and organizational effectiveness initiatives on an on-demand project or contract basis. Huge thanks to our production and editing team for a job well done. Goodbye for now.